I can't go out there and, you know, do it. Uh, you know, press can't do it. Mike Caldwell can't. I mean, the players at some point have to have enough pride, right, to, to not turn. I know they're, they're, listen, they're not trying to turn the ball over, but there has to be a, a sense of urgency to have, you know, the ball security uh, to protect the football, and um, it's not there right now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, and oh, my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into a Check the Tape Tuesday. Hope everybody had a nice Christmas holiday. Uh, I trust that you all did. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, Dylan Denmark here with you to kick off the post-Christmas festivities. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but uh, to certainly take a look back at the Latest loss by the Jags, uh, their fourth consecutive. And is there anything they can do to turn things around and save it and still get themselves a pot, a spot in the postseason? Tony, did you have a nice Christmas? I did, yes. Good. You would get together with the fam? I did, yep. That's generally what uh, takes place. How about you, Logs? Good Christmas? Yeah, I had a good one. All right. Besides the game. Of course. Oh <laughs> Didn't ruin my Christmas Eve. You no, know, it, it didn't. It didn't ruin it. It it, it tried. Uh, you know, put a little coal in the stocking. It but, was. I mean, you know. who, there was. I just had to put it out of my mind. Like I didn't think about the Jags yesterday much at all. I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to wallow in it. You know, pockets. You have a good Christmas. Santa was good. All right, excellent, man. That's that's the important thing. As long as pockets got some new, uh, <laughs> some new Game Boy. Uh, Thermals are fire. Oh, uh, you got some thermals. Yeah. Really? I don't know why I'm going to use them, but I'm going to use them sometime. Man, I'm that guy, man. I've, I've been, I'll walk with like uh, thermal underwear on because I want to create that sauna condition, even <laughs> in the, the what passes for winter around these parts. But anyway, that's, uh, that's that. Logs, we can't put it off any longer. we got to do a postmortem on what we saw, and not much of it, if any of it, was any good. We'll start with where Doug Peterson mm-hmm. led off right there with that comment we heard coming in about turnovers. Got to, I mean, I, Everyone knows you can't turn the ball over. Every level of football preaches this, right? Every, you know, we saw this Jags defense predicated on creating them and how good that made them and how well it helped the team perform early in the season. Now we're doing the opposite. I, I mean, it, it seems like sometimes you get these waves of turnovers and it becomes like an epidemic almost and it becomes contagious. I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not, but. Is everything, you know, do you evaluate each thing kind of as a standalone thing, or is this an overarching problem with the lack of ball security and the lack of attention to detail? I think you do both, you know, and if you look at uh, the big picture thing, okay, the Jaguars' offense or team is in the bottom five in giveaways as an offense, and you can't win football games when you do that. And so then, then you kind of, after you look at the big number and, and how it's impacting the overall games, you look at each individual one and you find out why is it happening, where is it happening, and can you, can you fix it? And right now, the majority of the giveaways on offense are, are happening with quarterback. And that needs to change. And that's very concerning because you have a quarterback right now that's playing in an offense that's very quarterback-dependent. Because in reality, you can't take any pressure off of that position right now because you're not functioning at a good enough level to take that pressure off of that position. Right, you can't run it, right? If you could run it, you could take some pressure off that. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's the biggest problem. And I I said it before the game. I said that uh, 
this offense has become very quarterback dependent, and they need Trevor to play a big game. And he didn't play a big game. And he played like he didn't practice all week. And he played like he didn't have any chemistry with his wide receivers. And that's kind of a shared responsibility. That's on him, and that's also on the wide receiver group. That's very young, and a lot of them haven't played. But, you know, at some point you got to stop sitting there going, oh, well, we lost Christian Kirk, and, and that's the reason why. Well, okay, other teams lose a wide receiver and don't end up having issues like this. Right. you got to overcome it, you know, and they keep saying that, that term next man up. And the reality is, is it applies, and other teams are able to overcome it. Why is this team not able to overcome that in the, in the passing attack? And the main reason I believe is, is one – Trevor's not playing well enough. He's been banged up. And then you also have an offense that is too dependent upon that position right now. All right. I'm trying to be fair here on both sides of this conversation or discussion, this argument, right? I give you one side and I'll give you the other side. And I'm sure the answer is somewhere in the middle. But nevertheless, there are camps out here. It's one camp that says, so line can't protect, it can't run block. Right, it, it, so you've got issues there. You can't run it at all. Your wide receivers are decimated by injury. They're running wrong routes or not in sync, whatever the case may be. All these things. Trevor Lawrence, in addition to that, has dealt with knee, ankle, uh, concussion, and now a shoulder injury. What do you expect out of a guy? That's one side, right? Mm-hmm. The other side is this guy's been in the league now for three years, and he is not – taken a step forward from what he did in the second half of last year. In fact, he seems to have regressed. He has been a turnover guy ever since he's gotten the league. He's got the most turnovers in, I think, the most uh, lost fumbles in that span. He's got more interceptions than anyone in that class. Now he also plays more than anybody in that class. Like I guess see right. things going around like, oh, he's got more interceptions than Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones hasn't played in a I don't know how long, you know, he's, right. and Zach Wilson doesn't play all the time and all that. But nevertheless, the total is way too high. And for a guy as talented and generational with the talent, and I do believe his talent is that. Like, he, there's nothing, if you're drawing up a model of a quarterback that he doesn't possess that you would want, but the results have not been that level of performance. This is on Trevor. Okay, that's camp number two. Mm-hmm. Which camp is – more accurate. Like, it, it can't be right in the middle. Well, it's camp number three. Okay. Which is just a little bit of everything. Some of each, okay. Yeah. But, how? all right, I, I guess I'm trying to determine how much of this is just Trevor fixable. Like, what he is doing, the mistakes that he has made, how much is just purely on him that you you have to be better with ball. Like, he drops the ball last week against Baltimore, right? I mean, that, that there, there's no one else to blame and, for and that. You, and you had a wide-open guy. You should just let it go. I mean, you literally had a wide-open guy. Throw, make the throw. Oh, even before he took off. Oh, right. yeah. Right. Even, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the interception or the fumble that he lost in sack calls fumble in the pocket where uh, – The second fumble The rookie. Lost. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. So he's he's got a crosser, um, and I wrote it down. He had a crosser that was wide open underneath, and, and he kind of double clutched it to pull it back in. So why is he doing that? I don't know. That's a great question because the 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 receiver was there, the throw was there. You've got pressure, throw it. Right. I mean, just just throw it. And for some reason, I don't know what he saw. He tried to to pull it back. There's no reason to pull it back. There's nobody anywhere near the receiver. I mean, just make the throw. And, and it's a completion, or or at the worst-case scenario is 
he gets hit from the pressure and the ball falls incomplete because it's an inaccurate throw right. because of the contact that he sustains. Right. But don't don't double clutch it. You know, throw it. It's there. It felt to me through the Cincinnati game, right, the way that he had played that month, right, leading into the Cincinnati game on Monday Night Football, I thought that we were seeing the Trevor we saw the back half of last season. That's what it felt like to me, right, watching him play. Then he gets the sprained ankle. Now he's dealing with the concussion. The shoulder's an issue going through this week, so likely he's going to be limited in practice to some degree. We'll see exactly that's a, that's what that's a problem. Right, what that's going to look like. But all those things are, <laughs> we're, we're are piling, piling up on, exactly. right, on Trevor Long. I think it's hard to know where he is because he is stuck in a position where he's got to be Superman for them to have a chance on offense. Exactly. Right, and that, he knows that he has to be to Superman. the quarterback dependent yeah. you know, part of this offense. No doubt. And when you don't practice, uh, and, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to put all the blame on Trevor here, but we're just talking about the blame that, that goes into his category. It is what category, it is, yeah. Which there is some blame that goes into his category, is it, when you don't have that time on task with a new group of wide receivers like an Elijah Cooks and a Parker Washington, sometimes it's difficult to find that rhythm and that chemistry. But then also, okay, there were a couple times in this ball game where you had wide receivers that were on top of each other, okay? That's not the way offenses are designed to have two wide receivers within three or four yards of each other at the conclusion of their routes. That's just not how it works. So there's there's more to it than just Trevor. It's, it's, it's a shared responsibility. And then you go back to the concussion, and I believe it was Brandon Sheriff that got beat quickly on that play at the end of the third quarter where Trevor gets snapped in the head, yeah. this whiplash thing down onto the ground, Okay, well, that's a protection thing, you know. So I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. It's all there. You know, ETN for the stretch, uh, kind of the stretch where the running game kind of faltered was when he was dealing with rib issues. Okay, he's not finishing. He's not aggressive, and it's very apparent. And so you add that to an offensive line that's kind of struggling to block a little bit. I mean, all of these things put together kind of puts a little bit of a perfect storm together, so to speak. For this offense, and right now, they're struggling to figure out and and to, and to find a way to get some firm footing because right now there's nothing that they can fall back to, because most of the time, when you struggle, you go back to the basics, you go back to the fundamentals, you simplify, and right now, what are the fundamentals that have been working for this offense? Well, it's all about the quarterback, right? And and right now. He's not playing well, the protection's not playing well, and the chemistry's not there with the wide receiver. So that makes it very difficult. Yeah, what, what is the game plan? Let's say Christian McCaffrey, let's say arguably the best running back in the National Football League, right? The Jags had Christian McCaffrey right now. He was and, really good last night. Uh, he was fantastic God, last night, good. you know. Um, but that's Christian McCaffrey, okay? But he also is running behind Trent Williams and, and that offensive line. So if you took Christian McCaffrey and you traded him out for Travis Etienne, and they just had McCaffrey this week, and he was, you know, knew the offense and all mm-hmm. that. How much more effective would the running game be? I think he would be more effective, but more I, effective, but, but to what degree? Not to the degree that he is with San Francisco, right? Right. You know, so I, I guess I'm trying to like it's again, like I don't know if at this point there's much when I watch it, and maybe you feel differently that that Etienne, it doesn't look like there's any running lanes. It does, and you know they get to a point where it's like okay. We're running for two yards to carry. We're down multiple scores. Why are we even going to try to run it? It's not going to 
make anybody respect it. Okay, we're going to give you a fake handoff. Please go ahead. Please <laughs> hand it to him. You know, yeah. we'll tackle him on the way to the quarterback. You know, like I mean, I I don't know, I don't know what he can do. I'll, I'll tell you this: you you look at that game in Tampa. Okay, just focus in on that game. Okay, you you always kind of look at the defensive game plan to see what they think of you as an offense, mm-hmm. right? Okay. What did they do in that ball game? What did Todd Bowles decide to dial up as a defense? He got very aggressive, right? Bringing mm-hmm. pressure throughout the game. Look, and that's kind of his style. Look, the number three defense in the National Football League at bringing pressure. Okay, so you expect it. He brought it at a rate that was higher just from the naked eye test at a rate higher than what they had been doing all year long. There's two reasons for that. One is they feel like you can't protect your quarterback, number one. And number two, okay, if we're going to decide to do that, we got to be able to match up against your wide receivers, okay? Well, you know what? We feel pretty good. Yeah. We feel pretty good that we can cover your guys in man coverage and not really worry about it. We feel like we can cover your guys in a depleted zone coverage because you're not good enough in the passing game. And that's exactly what he did. So if you want to find out how you know, the league feels about this Jaguars offense, look at the opponent's approach to dealing with Trevor Lawrence's offense and Press Taylor's offense and this offensive line. And right now this offensive line is not doing a good job. Plain and simple. Quarterback's not playing well. Okay? Running game, not effective. Wide receivers, not doing a very good job. I mean, it's it's a shared responsibility. You know, and, and at the very beginning of the show, you guys played a clip of, of Doug talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the giveaways. You got to be careful. You know, I mean, you want to be careful as a coach because you don't want to sit there and say, I can't play this game and, you know, I, I, I'm not the one turning the ball over. Kind of, in, I'm paraphrasing here because it's a we thing, okay? It's got to be a we thing. All right, uh, we'll maybe delve into that a little bit further. But today, we'll encourage your questions and comments uh, for Jeff Logman and the Jags in general on a Check the Tape Tuesday at 641-1010. Again, hope you all had a great Christmas holiday. But back to reality today with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, in first place. And people, I don't want to hear about that. Well, it's a reality. They are in first place. And they're currently the four seed in the AFC. But... The other hand tells you you're not confident that they can beat anybody at this point, including the Carolina Panthers, who will be rolling in here for the home finale of the regular season coming up on Sunday. So uh, your thoughts and questions and comments welcomed at 641-1010. Hit us up on social media today, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at Logs56, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. And of course, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing uh, phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and uh, the YouTube chat. You can get in there as well and uh, pass along your questions and comments. And we'll continue to check the tape through the eyes of Jeff Logman and see if we can come up with a formula to save the season at this point. The season is on the brink. That's certainly what it feels like around these parts. You're listening to Jaguars today on a Check the Tape Tuesday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, Jeff Lagerman here with us on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Final one of the calendar year. You got that going for you. 
2024 can't get here soon enough. Hopefully, I'm ready for a different year. I'd like it to get rung in with a victory, though. I still want to win. Like I, I'm, you know, I know there are people out there go. Oh, it doesn't. Matter. I don't want to make the playoffs because um, we're not going to go anywhere, and that I don't get. Like then they're the ones. I don't want to make the playoffs because if they make the playoffs, if they win the division, ain't no way Trent Balky's getting fired, right? There, mm-hmm. there's that school of thought out there as well, and that whole thing is going to get cranked up again um, this offseason. I do agree that if they win the division, there's no way that – well, I say no way. I would find it hard to believe that Shad Khan would move what on from his general from manager. What we've seen from Shad Khan and his ownership here, I would highly doubt if they win back-to-back division titles. Right. That Infinite he's patience he's shown with, yeah. with bad situations, and if you actually do win the division consecutive years – uh, I think that would be unlikely to happen. I'm just hoping that they win the division. I am too. Yeah. I'm in the camp that give me a home playoff I game. I am too, Boggs. Great. Let's yeah. let's have have a fan base have a uh, you know, two time <laughs> division winner winner with two years yeah. in a row Don't, with playoff games at home. D- we're talking about during right. the game on Sunday. As for this reason, as much as anything, because if the Jaguars win the divisions, that means Houston and Indy didn't. Right, and I think that's still a big deal with as little success as the Jags have had for the past 15 years to be the division champion means something. Sure, I'm not saying you're achieving everything we thought they could in this season or when they were 8-3 and three and playing for the one seed. That doesn't make where they're at any less disappointing, but it does mean Houston and Indy can't celebrate right. being a division champion. That means something to you. Well, and I, and I, I look, I, I believe that you can always – have a a an eye of scrutiny in analyzing your organization regardless of whether you win a division or not if you're truly being honest that's the only way that you evaluate an organization and I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't do anything I'm just saying that if you want to be at your best the great teams are the ones that have the ability to analyze and look at real hard at what they're doing and take the next step to get better even if they're winning I Totally agree. I'm just basing it on a decade-plus track record of sticking with really believe we're on the right path and this and that, you know. And, and look, in the end, if they win back-to-back division titles, it is an accomplishment. Even if this team is falling apart and leaking oil and it didn't go the way you wanted it to. No doubt. It's, to me, better than the alternative of not making the postseason. Like, at least you get that chance. You show up. Like, the Raiders went into Kansas City – yesterday and beat that a i mean they really did with a with two defensive scores they didn't complete a pass after the first quarter (laughs) unbelievable and they won and they never felt like they were threatened to me anyway finding a way found a way to win and and like i'm not saying that the jacks are even as good as the raiders right now i'm not you know their the current state of affairs uh, you know if you're doing a quickie snapshot uh, yeah. Power poll, they might be 32nd in the league, honestly. I mean, might I think be. Carolina's played better than them the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and they're your opponent well, coming in. If you turn the ball over four times, you're not beating anybody. Correct. I mean, playing the Unless you're fourth and five, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right now, that's not the way it's been going. All right, uh, let's get to you today on a Check the Tape Tuesday. By you, I mean the listening audience at 641-1010, and uh, pass along your questions and comments uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Jeff Lagerman here. Uh, Adam in Maryland going to lead things off. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, guys. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. And, yeah, tough loss. It's been a tough couple weeks. 
And Doug Peterson is right. He can't go out there and he can't make plays. But, I mean, he it's, it's on him to send a message to the team, the players, to have a sense of urgency. I mean, my gosh, uh, looking at this team last year when their backs against the wall, it was like a loss could – could bounce them out of the playoffs and this year yeah we've had injuries we i mean my gosh you would think they were where's the sense of urgency whether it's the if factor call it swag what have you but why don't they have that and why isn't the coaching staff the leadership not sending the message to the players and saying hey guys we gotta perform and if we don't fix these things we aren't gonna make it far in the playoffs so i, I don't know if it's a player if it's a coach who has to send that message? They hey, Adam, Adam, let me just ask you. What, what, I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I just want to ask, like, how do we know they're not? I mean, I would assume that Doug Peterson is preaching this over and over that we are beating ourselves. What do we do? You know, I'm not saying that, you know, take away credit from what the other teams are doing, but I, I'm kind of yeah, leaning of into your message here. Like, I would assume, like, what, what, I mean, are, are you for, you know, I, it's not like they have this great reservoir of players on the bench that they can plug in. They can just start benching guys for lack of performance. You know what I mean? Like, what what do you do? Uh, if you were Doug Peterson this week, what what would you try to do that you feel hasn't been done to this point? I mean, I would do as much as possible to, to I don't know if it's just extra just messaging or what have you. It's just, yeah, it's it's, I mean, I don't know what you can at this point. Um, I mean, I know, like you said, they're probably doing that, but, you know, the mistakes, the common mistakes, and um, it, it's just, it's just, it, it's interesting that they've gotten to this point because, like you guys, you know, we saw last year, it was like there was that urgency, and it, it doesn't seem to be there. I don't know what it's going to take for these players to get to that point, but yeah, these next two weeks are must wins, and, and hopefully, they, if they don't get it at this point, it's going to be tough. But I, I think that Doug has, that. has had thank you, Adam. You know, a sense of urgency. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's any. I felt doubt like we were that. listening to Doug's journal right there. It's like, what do I do? <laughs> what can like, I do what now? Can I right, say? dear diary. You know, like, I've I've yelled. I've cajoled. I've uh, complimented. I've criticized. I've I, I don't. I, I'm not saying he's absolved from any blame. No. It's his team that he's got to get performing at that kind of mental Whatever level. buttons were there to be pressed, I'm pretty sure he's pressed. That's them. the thing. Like, yeah. he, he gets up in the postgame, and it seems like he's just like, I'm at a wall. I don't know at this point. Like, I, I I mean, how many times can you tell him, can't turn it over? How many times can you stress it over and over? How many times can you re- – and you do all these things. And I, I got I – mean, Doug Peterson's not stupid. He won a Super Bowl. He's not stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I got to believe that, that Adam's right, that that message has to be sent, but I can't imagine it hasn't been sent very loudly for a while now. Well, he – and I believe he's sending the message. You know, but sometimes I think with a football team that's struggling – and Bucky Bucky made a great point in our broadcast in the game, and he said that it, in games and or teams that are struggling, sometimes you need something to happen positive early just to give them a belief. Yeah. That, okay, here we go. We talked about it on the pregame. How important – first, first drive, go down, put some points on the board, whatever it is, or exactly. get a turnover or something. Well, yes. what happens early in this ball game? well, the Bucks go down and get a field goal on the first Convert drive. Convert all the third downs they want. You okay. know, Offensively, you come out, and you nearly had a, a fumble on the ground because of center 
running back, or excuse me, quarterback running back exchange where Trevor put the ball in the chest of Dearness Johnson ended up on the ground. And then you throw an interception. So, okay, well, fast starts right out the window. Yeah. So where's the positivity and the feel good? Like, we're, we're going to turn it today. Well, you're going, uh-oh, are we going to have a day like that again? You know, so doubt starts to creep in your mind. I mean, it's human nature. You know, and so as a coach, sometimes you got to do things, I, I think sometimes knowing that we need to have a, a positive start. And I'm sure that Doug is totally aware of that. And he's trying to get a positive start so that he can build some momentum for his football team because uh, right now that, that momentum – I mean, they talk about going backwards. I mean, that game was a backwards you. momentum game. So, is there – you're Doug Peterson this week. And, I, again, we assume he's trying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just for, for the next 30 seconds, okay? I, I, are you benching anybody? Are you – I mean, are you, are you taking over play calling? Are you – you know, I know some people say, oh, you know, you don't want to panic. And sh-. Well, it's now or never. Right. right, so you have to beat the Panthers. You can't even think about the Titans. You have to beat the Panthers this week. So, what are you, Jeff Lagerman, as Doug Peterson, going to try? Maybe that you you haven't seen tried up to this point. Well, first and foremost, I think, and I'm sure that he's been doing this all along, is that you demand excellence in practice because that's the only way that you start to build a little cohesiveness is in practice. That's and what, what if you don't get it though? What if it is sl- sl- start plays over? Our drills over, you know, change guys out, you know, but the one thing you got to be careful of is that you you can't overreact and panic or, or get perceived as panicky as a coach, because then, then you all of a sudden run the risk of guys just going to tune you out. Yeah. And it's like, this guy's, this guy's nuts. You don't know, know what he's doing. He's whatever. You know, he's panicking and we're not, you know, so uh, you got to be careful there. There's a, there's a fine line that you walk as a coach. Consistency is always key. You know, and that was going back to Coughlin, who Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion, uh, won Super Bowls and fantastic coach, in my opinion. You know, he was consistent in the week in and week out. And sometimes you didn't like it that he was consistent, but he was consistent as the day is long. And that's what you got to be as a coach. But you got to be consistent in the, in the demand of excellence in practice and in games. And so he's got a, he's got a tall task in front of him. Because it's not easy when you have different components of a football team that are struggling. If it was just kind of one area right. that's kind of – then it's, it's a little bit easier to manage. But when it's multiple areas, you know, the, you need to start having your fingers kind of on different aspects of the football team. Because, I mean, right now, special teams is struggling as far as making field goals. Oh, no, no doubt. Okay, your return game is okay. Your punt game is fine. Okay, but your field goals, which is a critical part of scoring, obviously, is struggling. How many has he missed lately? Uh, I think five of the last six. I want to say five or six of the last seven. Six whatever, or whatever six it is, of the last seven. Yeah. He's missed a bunch. Yeah. Okay, and your offense is having uh, struggles in in multiple aspects of of offense, and so that that's a problem. And then defense, they're having a hard time stopping the pass. You know, they're having a hard time creating pressure against the passer. <laughs> they're just having a hard time. They're having a hard time. <laughs> I mean, you know, but and that's the thing. Easy. Like, if we were, you know, four and eleven. You mean like, all right, yeah, this team stinks. But you're you're literally in first place with the tiebreakers. And I get it. I'm not saying that means you're gonna go on a Super Bowl run, but I still think winning matters. And I think winning a division title is better than not winning a division title. Even if you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, having the opportunity to rewrite 
your season in one game, even if it's that one game, and you go, you know what? They pulled it together, and we've got some hope for next year. I, I still need, think it's important. You just, you just need to get a win, you know? And, and Big time. And there's got to be better chemistry amongst some when – when I say chemistry, chemistry obviously and is offensive rhythm. It's the chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver. And then in order for that rhythm and chemistry to happen – there needs to be time provided up front, protection. And right now, you know, you look at the first half of that ball game and where was the chemistry between you – because know, here's a question to you guys. You got a lot of wide receivers hurt. Christian Kirk, okay, Zay Jones. Who's the next best wide receiver that you have that's playing? Coming up? The, no, I'm talking about this past game. Going into the Tampa game. Okay, you got no Christian Kirk. Right, it's got to be Ridley. got no Zay Jones. It's got to be Ridley. Yes, where were the targets in the first half? They weren't. Okay, and you can turn the film on and watch, and there were times that he was open and didn't even get a look. You know, so why is that a problem? Why why is that not happening? Why is right. that not occurring? It happened in the second half. Okay, but the second half, once you get down to 20 to nothing or whatever. Things well, loosen up a little bit because they're the trying to take away. The defense is totally away. different. Right. Yeah. The defense is totally different. And there's a lot of people and fans that look at the game and go, why didn't we do – in the first half, what we were doing in the second half, and we're having success now. Well, because Todd Bowles is playing a completely different game, completely different game, and he's taking a totally different tactic when it comes to the style of defense that he's playing. Once he's up twenty to nothing or twenty-three to nothing, whatever it was. All right, let's get one more in on this side of the break. Uh, Bob in Welburn is up next. Good morning, Bob. Hey guys, enjoy the program, and uh, uh, especially Jeff's insight. Hey, I think this goes – nobody's talking about um, the front office. I think this goes back to um, free agency period and the draft. I mean, the coordinators, the coach, uh, the offensive and defensive line coach all signed off on the personnel, and um, they they knew what they had going in. So I think, you know, the fact that we're a one-dimensional team and we can't run the ball, I think if they would have addressed that somehow in the draft um, – I think we'd be a little bit better. Well, you drafted also, you, you drafted also, Anton Harrison. You also Bob, drafted and you also drafted uh, Cooper, um, mm-hmm. the kid from McClenny. Hodges, right. Cooper Hodges. I mean, so you've you drafted the offensive line position. Okay, so it's right. not like you didn't. So you you can't say, well, we just completely ignored it. Now, if you want to bring that up about the defensive line, well, you drafted yep. a guy. Okay, as yeah. a defensive tackle, but did you address that defensive line at the edge position? No. No, you didn't you did do not. that. So, I mean, that would be an honest assessment and fair assessment, but you can't yeah, say that they didn't address ago, all they, Two years ago, they passed on a guy from Michigan. What if he were on that line the past two years? What I if mean, he were? You know, I mean, well, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, think, right, to- here's, here's the thing, just to be, be totally honest, and I, I'm not trying to make a statement one way or the other. Who's got more sacks right now? Right. Well, they put a graphic up during the Detroit game this year. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson leads the NFL in pressures and quarterback hits. Exactly. So, but I'm just telling you, are, what some people are, are going to say is that, well, you know, Trayvon's got more sacks than Aiden yeah, Hutchinson. So he literally leads the entire league in pressures and quarterback hits. And it's not like this hasn't been discussed. But we can sit here and go, damn, if we only had this guy. Damn, it, it doesn't matter. You don't right. have that. You can't go back two years well, and redraft that guy. And the, and the time to debate. A lot of that stuff is after the season. Absolutely. Okay. It's not now. And that's not the discussion to have 
if you're Doug Peterson or Trent Baalke, it's it's what are we going to do right now to win this next game? Okay, you worry about all that other stuff once you get into the offseason. And by the way, Tony and I have fired more GMs and head coaches on this show over <laughs> we, the years. Yeah, we fired Balky at least three times. But when when they decide to to keep him, like I, we don't go twelve months out of the year going should have fired him, should have like I'm hoping. Okay, I hope that's the right decision. Yeah, they won the division last year. Yeah. You're right. They did address the offensive line. They've got most of the same guys back that helped Travis Etienne average over five yards a carry last year. Mm-hmm. So you added a right tackle. Like you said, Cooper Hodges got hurt. You don't know that that's going to happen. Traded for a guy you, you traded for a guy at the trade deadline. Which, by the way, he's, he's struggling. Yeah. Um, the, the last two games with the knee. And I give him credit. He's gotten it out. But you can tell watching the film that he's hobbled. But know? I agree with you in the point that when you say – why didn't they address it? Well, they tried to address mm-hmm. it. Did they make the right decisions? And, and, and nobody's saying that Trent Balky's above criticism. I mean, I don't know what program you think you've been listening to if you think that's the case. But like you said, no, it's not like Shad Khan's going to walk in and fire the GM. Well, what impact would it have in week 17? It wouldn't, right? We'll discuss it after the season. Let's see. Maybe they write the ship. Maybe they win their last they, two. It's possible. Maybe they win a playoff game. Very possible. For God's sake. You don't know. You don't. Right? And so let's see it play out. We're weeks away. It's not like the GM candidates around the league are drying up as we speak. Um, but but you, you also, on the other hand, you can look and go, well, the guy drafted a tight end and a running back in the second and third round this year who played 11 offensive snaps this week. And it didn't have a touch. Mm-hmm. So – you got to pick the right ones too, you know, if you're trying to supplement. And that, and that's we can all hear about Brenton Strange, a great blocker. Well, the run game ain't going anywhere. And I granted he's been out for a while and he just came back and all that. But I mean, I don't think it's Brenton Strange's Strange's absence that has kept the Jags from winning all these games the last month. Is my uh, my opinion? No, on but that. it's nice to have him back. Sure, he's, it is. Uh, he is a solid blocker. I mean, not you know. Obviously, second round pick. You know, you're looking to get some receptions. And you got to get some impact, some man. dynamic plays out of it. And you know, part of that is, is are, are they using them in that way? No. You got and, a third round running back who they won't even give a shot to. And I'm not even saying they're wrong because he's shown poor ball security. Exactly. But you can't run, and you pick the guy in the third round. And sometimes you're like, hey, let's try this guy. See if he gives us a spark. And you can't even get him on the field. They won't even put him on the field because they don't trust him. So. Those are are failures, in my opinion, uh, up until this point, at least. I'm not saying Tank Bigsby can't have a productive career in the National Football League, but, man, when you see Kyron Williams as a later pick yeah. tearing up the National Football League, you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and, you, you know, you're going to have a little bit of that always in the draft, you know, kind of looking back and saying, well, yeah, that well, guy picked but, that for But that, that, the thing is, we can all sit there and look back and we can – it's not our job to make that pick. It's, we can speculate on the pick, but in the end, I can say pick Bozo the Clown, and it doesn't freaking matter if you pick him or not. What's Bozo run a 40 in? Uh, I don't know. With those big <laughs> shoes, I don't think it's that fast. All right, we got to take – we're way over. My bad. Uh, we'll come back. Stay on the line. We'll get to you coming out of the break at 641-1010 on a Check the Tape Tuesday on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I come in Tuesday. Is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, I want to jump right back into it because we get uh, caught up 
in our own discussion sometimes, and we don't get as many questions and comments in from the Jaguar fan base out there. So let's do that at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Matt and Callahan is next up on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing this morning? We're okay. What's up, man? Doing good. Um, so, I'm just, I mean, obviously it doesn't make a difference now, but Trevor's played every game since he's been with us. Um, he's played through the injury in New Orleans where he had a good game because he got protected. And then he went to Cleveland, played hurt, and didn't go as well. And then this week he's coming off uh, the concussion protocol. Would it not have benefited him possibly just to be able – it's easy to watch tape. But sometimes sitting on the side and sitting one out and watching the game from the side refreshes your brain, refreshes your mind, gives you a different perspective of what's going on on the field, what's going on on the sideline, and jumpstart him because he's been through thick and thin from the urban fiasco to now this four-game dismal stretch that we're on where we're holding on to a playoff spot. Yeah, Does it not possibly benefit, you know? I I get what you're saying, but – you can't go back and talk about in this conversation about what he went through with Urban. Okay, that, that's in the totally past. Agree. It has no bearing on what's going on today. But I totally understand where you're coming from, where he's had the injuries, and you know, okay, do you end up giving him a game off? You know, could you have given him a game off? Say, look, you know, he's just not ready physically. We need to get him, you know, as, as healthy as possible because that's. You know, that's where we're at as an offense right now. We need him to be really healthy and playing well. But do they just not feel that a less than 100% Trevor Lawrence is still the better option to win a football and, game? And that's where I was going next. I mean, Sorry. That's, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> steal your thunder. But, but it's – but it, I mean, that's, that's the – He's got to be decision. Superman thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, because, I mean, out of that position, I'm not saying that you're trying to have Superman, but you you got to have somebody who's a little bit immortal, okay, at, at this yeah. point. Yeah. What if he can't practice this week? Right, like because obviously, like we say, they look like a team that didn't practice. Well, Trevor didn't practice. Yeah, he didn't practice. Right, so he just pointed out like what it was for him. Yes, but right, and so what if he can't? Like, I on one hand, I I do understand that feeling, but on the other hand, I mean, when did we stop? Like, like we got a guy who wants to play through everything and be out there, and I hear people say, "Oh, he's being selfish." No, it's not selfish. That's that's being a tough guy, and he's trying to be there for his team. You know, and here, here's the one thing I will say about that: people have have respect for that. I, mean, I because agree. That right? is that is such a rare trait to where you you you've got a guy that wants to do the the Brett Favre, you know, never comes off the field, wants to be there for his team, and it's, and he's not doing it because it's self serving. He's doing it to help to serve others. He thinks he gives them the best chance to win. He's their guy. He believes that he gives them the best chance to win, and he wants to be there for his teammates. That's the attitude you want, and respect that. And uh, but, but I also think that if if this week, if that shoulder, and then this is, you know, this is different now. This is a throwing shoulder totally. injury. Understood. You go back and you watch that play. That in fact we were talking about it before we came on the air. And that I, I never got a chance to see the TV copy. I mean, it happened live right down in front of us. But with all the Buccaneer personnel on the sideline, didn't have a clear view as to see exactly how Trevor landed. And so I went and watched the TV copy, and I didn't end up seeing the replay to where it showed a really clear view. And, and you said they showed one later. They did. They so went I back had to, to watch it. it a little bit later. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to see how he landed. And because how – 
how a person lands on the ground could give you a little bit of an indication, possibly, of where the injury is at in a throwing shoulder. You know, if the if he's reaching out and he lands with the arm outstretched, it could be, you know, a sublex shoulder where it pops out and pops back in. You know, if he lands on the elbow, it could be something similar. If he lands on the side of his arm, then you're talking it could be a, a separated type of shoulder issue. So I want to go back and see that. But the reality is that when you watch Trevor on the subsequent plays of that drive, he was in noticeable pain discomfort, noticeable. And you didn't see it on TV. You know, because they're following the ball. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the ball leaves his hand, well, when you watch the film, I mean, he is he is wincing in pain, wincing in pain, and has the first you know the first throw he ends up having a completion, and then after that he's had a couple incompletions. Eventually throws the touchdown to Calvin, which was a hell of a throw given that he's dealing with some shoulder discomfort. But this is a big question mark for this week because we're talking about the throwing shoulder of a starting quarterback. All right, let's go to uh, Kenneth on the west side next up here on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Good morning, Kenneth. Good morning, everybody. Just want to say I love the show. Um, I, I'm not one to get into play calling and all that stuff because typically when it works, we're all happy, right? But I, I do want to make an observation and just hear you guys' thoughts. I do think they made things more complicated than what they need to be. Case in point, uh, there was a drive that went all the way to the goal line. Uh, now, let alone they spread it out all four plays. We've already hammered that enough. But you have a receiver like Elijah Cooks who sits for uh, not giving him a chance at a fade route or even Evan Ingram who sits two, sits three, not utilizing the God-given gift of height <laughs> in a, a goal-to-go situation. But instead, they spread it out with smaller receivers with Adnew Ridley and Parker Washington and try to do these complex route combinations. And I just feel like that's overcomplicating things. I just want to hear you guys' opinion. No, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I, I will tell you, going back and watching the film, there were some routes that they had specifically designed for Evan Ingram to where they were trying to get him on kind of like a jerk route where he runs out and then comes back in. Uh, and it was perfectly designed, but it was covered very well. Um, they've tried in the past to throw the fade to Zay, and I understand what you're saying about about the rookie Elijah Cooks and trying to target him. But, again, he's a rookie, and uh, he's one of those guys that still is trying to learn and get a feel. And then, you know, you sit there and you, you talk about, well, you know, why would we have the smaller guys on the field? Well, one of those touchdowns was to Calvin Ridley that C.J. Beathard threw to Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. It worked. It worked. You know, I think the more – the biggest tell on that one, because that was a first and goal from the one, the biggest tell on that one was that you're throwing it on first and goal from the one. Yeah. I mean, they can't roll. They can't run. I know. That's I mean, like, kind of the the thing of that play. Sure. I mean, either that or you're going to quarterback sneak it. I mean, and Trevor's shown he's pretty adept at that. Well, when you're down that, at the goal line, and that was CJ in it, right? At that point, you know. And uh, so, where's the confidence in your running game? First thing, there goal is from the one, yet. and you're, why would yeah. there be? And you're your best it out option on third or fourth and one is a quarterback with a knee, an ankle, a shoulder, and a head injury. Right? Yeah. Like that's where not they're what, at. Right not now, what you want, but yeah. it is true. It I is mean, true. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's a, a smart. Course of action, especially. But if you think about that for a minute, okay, first and goal from the one. Got a backup quarterback in, and we're going to spread it and throw it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just interesting, okay? It's, I think that can tell you a lot sometimes of where they're at from a, from a mental standpoint. All right, let's get Glenn and Jack's speech before we hit the break here uh, at the top of the hour. Glenn, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. 
Hey, guys, uh, thanks. I just want to thank you for your program. It fills a lot of my hours riding around working, and hope you guys have a good holiday and New Year's. And, Jeff, I really, uh, as a football fanatic, appreciate your analysis. It's always on target, so thanks. Um, so I've been a season ticket holder since day one, probably have only missed three home games in all those years, so I think I speak from experience. I'm not that upset. Yeah, I hate losing, and I wanted to turn it off and throw the phone because uh, I had to watch it on my phone traveling up north for Christmas. But um, I, this is kind of where I expected us to be, just not look this sloppy, okay? I, I predicted at the beginning of the season, 10-7, and 7, get into the playoffs. I really like to stay in the big picture to keep from pulling my hair out. You know, we have a three-year window here, and we've got to add some stuff to it, and I'm not, uh, you know, rainbows and sunshine, uh, we are devastated with injury. And last year, we were one of the least injured teams in the league, and I've always thought and believed that that is the most important thing when it comes down to the playoffs, the healthy teams win. Last thing, and I'll, and I'll get off, is that I was very critical of the Trayvon draft when it happened, and I'm going to tell you, he's winning me over, guys. His ceiling, which is the key word, is higher than Hutchinson's. I don't know if he'll reach it, but Hutchinson's playing probably as good as he's going to play. Trayvon, if he continues to improve at this rate, he will be a force in year four and five. Well, I, I hope, hope you're you right. Have a good day. Thanks, Thank you. I, I hope you're right on the Trayvon thing, but I mean, right now, I mean, if you would ask, you know, most of the personnel managers in the National Football League, which one are you going to take? Most of them would take Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fact. Just, just you look at the numbers. And, and I'm not sure why we presume he's at his ceiling. And I, I, why would I mean exactly? We're talking about Hutchinson, right? Why I mean, couldn't he also yeah, he can continue still get to get better. better? You know, but you know, okay, that's again looking back at the past. But the reality is, is that Trayvon is on this football team, and he's a good football player. Right. I glad he got a sack this week. We all root for Trayvon, right? absolutely. And 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 I hope he's got plenty more to go before he reaches his ceiling, and I think he does. But he's got to get better. In some categories, the way he approaches the pass rush, the way he engages offensive linemen, the positioning of his hands and where they are. He's got a lot to learn, a lot to learn. It's not a, it doesn't come as naturally to him as it has so far with Hutchinson. But the physical prowess of Trayvon is very apparent. He's big, he's strong, he's been incredibly durable. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he's got to get better, the twitch, the bend, the, the approach to offensive linemen, having a plan as a pass rusher. Uh, but, again, I like him, okay? Um, and the other thing that he talked about is about how excited he is about this year and how he thought that there was, you know, this team could be 10-7 and seven or whatever. Look, this football team, I mean, we're all looking at this past game as kind of like the, the sky is falling. I mean, the sky was falling last week. Now – I mean, the sky and the heavens are falling this week, you know. And the reality is, this team's in the same exact position it was last week. The Bucks are the same record as the Jags, but they've won their last four. Exactly. Right? So you know, you could be ten and seven, but if you win your first ten and lose your last seven, you feel like crap, right? And so you know that, and and I appreciate that, Glenn. You know, it is still positive and enthusiastic about it, you know. And I hope they do win. I want them to go ten and seven, win your last couple, and win the division, and. And take your chances and roll the dice in the postseason. But 
Um, and the injury thing, you know, that he brought up that we've been decimated by injuries. And this football team has had some injuries. There's no doubt about it. Every team does. Every team has them. You know, and, and I don't think that this team has had any more than some of the other teams. Have they been not as lucky as some teams that have been very clean? Sure. But, man, you look at the teams around the National Football League and how many quarterbacks have played. I mean, our quarterbacks played every game. I mean, let's start right, right there. That's pretty good. Well, the Browns are on their fourth of the year, and they finally found one that's really just humming along right now. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, halfway home, if you want to get in, you know the ways to do it. Uh, primarily at 641-1010 on the Alpro Roofing phone lines on a Check the Tape Tuesday on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Check the Tape Tuesday with Jeff Lagerman is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. Another one of those times we like to burn the tape on this Tuesday. I mean, hey, it's what happens. It was a thorough dismantling. Uh, this week by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you don't think the Panthers can come in, I, although I say that, I think there are a lot of Jaguar fans. I don't know if they're tongue-in-cheek saying it. I really believe the Panthers to come in here and beat this team. Now, I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope that they, they're the team that they've shown to be most of the year. I mean, they won the week before in rainy conditions. Atlanta made some dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. But this one, they're down to Green Bay, they got nothing to play for, really. You know what I mean? And they fought all the way back and tied it at 30. Are we capable of scoring 30 right now? Not right now. Not right now, right? <laughs> so, I mean. Not without you turning it over three or four times. Yeah, your defense would have yeah. to give you three takeaways yeah. to get to 30. Right. By the way, DJ Chark had the game of his, uh, probably the game of his post-Jaguars career. Yeah, had a pretty good celebration dance, too. Yeah, a couple of touchdowns yeah. this week. So he's a, He's a nice guy. He'll be fired. Uh, oh, we love DJ. DJ, super nice guy, and and happy for him. And uh, he's a guy that uh, many people thought that the Jaguars were going to or should have kept, but uh, you know, looked like that decision was actually made in the right direction. But I hope that DJ has a an amazing career the rest of the. And, and look, he's a guy too that you you see. Oh man, he had this big game. We should have kept him. He's not available half the time. No, he's, I mean, he's been injured beat up. a lot. Yeah, he's been beat up. You know, so ankle, a, good, a lot of ankle injury, foot injuries type of thing. I hope he had a big game last week and he'll have one catch for three yards this week. That's what I hope. Uh, yeah, or one for two. One for two. <laughs> or, or maybe he'll just drop the lone target he gets. Uh, let's go to Terry on the south side next up on uh, Check the Tape Tuesday. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? We're okay. What's up, man? I just want to find out. You know, I know Trevor's good, but when is the generational going to kick in um, compared to some of the quarterbacks? You know, you see some of the young rookies coming in on different teams and making a splash, but Trevor's been here three years and just wondering, you know, when it is going to lead us to the promised land. Yeah, it's, it's a look, here's the reality generational talent is about consistency of performance and Trevor right now has been up and down the, the first year I throw out the window there was just it was a complete uh, crap show with Urban Meyer last year had a fantastic year you could see the growth before your eyes this year just kind of eh. okay so if you're going to be a generational franchise type guy the consistency needs to be there but you also need to have some consistency around him and this year, he hasn't been particularly consistent. And then the consistency hasn't been around him and the performance hasn't been consistent around him. So, 
Uh, do generational players overcome that? Sometimes they do, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot to overcome some of the issues that are that you would have going on around you, and he hasn't been able to overcome them. A lot of those things that have been happening right now to him have been his fault. I mean, you go back to the game against, you know, what, two weeks ago and the two fumbles. Those two fumbles were on him, okay, at the 19th. No question. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame anybody else but him. You go to the one where he had the sack cause fumble two weeks ago. Okay, eat it. Eat the ball and then punt it. That was his fault. You know, he tried to do too much. So there's still learning going on with Trevor Lawrence in a th- as a third-year quarterback. Okay, it's very rare that you find a guy that just comes in on the scene and, look, he's just dynamite right away and he's consistent right away. You know, and I still believe in Trevor. I do. I still think that he's going to be a really good football player. I believe he's going to be a franchise guy for this football team for a decade or more to come, and I feel very strongly about that. But he needs to play better, and those around him need to be better. This team needs to be better. When I hear the word generational in regards to him, and I'll still use it, I refer to it in terms of the the raw material that he has to work with. It's not a throw he can't make, right? He has the ability – when things break down, to continue to keep his eyes downfield and make the play. Like, a lot of quarterbacks will drop their eyes. And he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that, right? He has – there's nothing physically – when you're going down the checklist of what you want in a quarterback that he doesn't possess, right? But that's different than being a generational player. And when you hear generational talent, that's what I refer to mm-hmm. is the raw material – what you do with that raw material will define your career. What the coaching staff does with you, what you do with that. Do I think he has generational talent? I do think the, ta- the raw ability is that. It, it is high level. That doesn't mean, like, Jeff George had a generational arm. He had one of the greatest arms of all time. Unbelievable right? arm. Right. Doesn't And now, all the other things around it, I'm not saying he had everything, but in terms of, like, if you had said Je- Jeff George had a generational arm, you would have been right. Totally right. Doesn't mean he's a generational quarterback. Doesn't right. mean he performs to that level. But you want a guy with that kind of raw material. I mean, and that's what Trevor has, but at some point it's got to become refined material, and it can't just be out there on – raw, whatever, and every once in a while it all falls into place, and it, when it clicks, it's, man, it's a beauty to behold. Because he does, he makes throws still every week that few quarterbacks would even think of trying. Mm-hmm. But when you balance that out with we're not making the routine plays or we're, we're doing like you just said, Logs, we're turning it over, unforced errors, doesn't matter how good your yeah, raw he's, material is. He's got to clean that up. And you look at some of the other – great quarterbacks that have played this game, you know, there were some that had a very difficult time early in their career to turn the ball over a ton. Brett Favre comes to mind, a guy that was a gunslinger, right, and had a ton of interceptions early in his career, drive you crazy. And he started to clean that up. And I believe that Trevor's going to clean up some of the things that he's doing. Some, and I, I think right now I feel like he's pressing and he's trying to do too much. You know, for example, the scrambles two weeks ago, the scramble that he fumbled the ball on. Okay, at, 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 at that pl- on that moment in time, that play, the down and distance, you weren't going to make the first down. Okay, so situational awareness. Okay, I'm going to scramble for a little bit just to maybe move our offense up a little bit closer. 
and then we're going to get a little closer field goal because I know I'm not going to make that first down. Not going to happen. So I'm just going to go ahead and slide. I'm not going to be fancy. I'm not going to change the ball in my hand because I'm not going to be Marcus Allen and make five of these guys miss and get a first down. Just, okay, just take the ball, tuck it, slide. Late in that ball game two weeks ago, okay, you've got an opportunity to get back in the ball game. About seven minutes to go, you got all three timeouts. He tries to make something happen on third down. Well, situational awareness again, okay? Being aware that, look, it's okay to punt. We still have time to get the ball back because we have all three timeouts. Don't try to make something happen out of nothing. Eat it. Take the sack. Or throw it away, okay? Live to play another series in that case. This past game, okay, I don't know why he threw the one ball on the interception early in the ball game because the, the linebacker was dropping in that direction, and I think there was a little bit of a screw-up because you had two guys in the same route area, okay, wide receivers. The throw to Evan uh, that he makes, uh, the interception down the middle, trying to squeeze it into a tight window, okay? Don't make that throw. Don't make that throw. You almost messed up early in the ball game, where uh, uh, an errant uh, handoff to Ernest jo- to Ernest Johnson. You put it in his chest. You know, if he cleans up some of that stuff, just situa- situational awareness, and he cleans up some of the giveaways, he will be so much better. But right now, I almost feel like because this is a quarterback centric offense, and there's nothing else that this offense is leaning on. He feels like he's got to make the plays. And at some point, you got to realize that I can't make all the plays. I can only play quarterback and do what I can do best. And then we'll let everything else kind of fall where it is because everybody else has got to – got to be able to empower them to do their job. And if their job is, is not going to get done because of their ability, so be it. I just need to do what i got to do. All right, uh, we'll come back, get a few more of your calls in. Tony will take us around the rest of the National Football League as we continue along a Check the Tape Tuesday. Jeff Logman, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jeff Logman Tuesday is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, got a couple of calls. So let's get these guys in, and then Tony's going to take us around the league, and then uh, logs. I'm going to prepare you, okay, for the big question today, which is, what's the number one thing that you think the Jags can actually fix going into this game? All right, so I'll give you a little time. You know, based on the way they're playing, what's the one thing you think that is most within their control to improve this week against the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, let's get Belly on the west side on a check the tape Tuesday. Belly, what's up? Okay. All right, Belly, you're listening. Belly. We'll come back to you. Okay, listen to your phone, not the the radio, or else you're gonna have it on delay. I was picturing a guy that had a big beer belly. He might. I don't know. We'll come back you to know, you, Belly, but listen on your a, phone. He, he was at the line. He was ordering a little grub. A lot of them on the west side like that. Mm. The belly. You said you just <laughs> drove through uh, Deland. Right over the weekend, <laughs> I did. Uh, you ever go to Belly Busters? There? I saw it, drove on by it, Woodland Boulevard. It, uh, little hole in the wall right I heard there. It used to be epic. It used to be epic. Yeah, bro. I mean, that was the place to go I mean, back it was like in the, the day. Perfect name for a sandwich. Belly shop. Busters. Belly yeah. Busters. Yeah, used to go in there and play. Uh, anyone ever played Crystal Castles, the mm-hmm. video game? 
They had that. All it had was a trackball mm-hmm. and a little bear. It was like, like straight out of the Grateful Dead. They called him Bentley Bear, and you ran around picking up crystals. It was very mm. kind of trippy, new agey little game. But we'd sit there in Belly Busters and, What's and the, uh, What was the sandwich to get? <sighs> meatball for me, just a big meatball sub. I mean, they, they, the Euros are what they're known for, though. You know, they'd have. Uh, Heroes or Euros? Euros, you know, the, with a G. Okay. Like, Euro. Hey, Euro. That's, I, I know a lot of Greek people. That's how they told me to pronounce I, I have it. no idea. So that, that's what, the G-Y-R-O-S. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. Gyro, I don't care. Call it whatever you like. But, the, you know, the one where they carve it right there off the, yeah. the big thing right yeah. in front of you. That was what they were known for back in the day. Uh, let's get Darren on the west side next up here on Jaguars Today. What's up, Darren? Good morning, gentlemen. I just want to expound on a caller, a few callers back. Uh, you know, going back to when Trevor hurt his ankle and had to literally have two people get him off the field. Um, you know, going forward from that point on, and at hindsight's twenty twenty, but I go back to taking Trevor off the field. I know the caller mentioned that, but Jeff, C.J. Beathard has been getting ninety percent of the reps with these new receivers. So I, I just feel like we've hurt ourselves a little bit. We could have had Trevor completely healed up, no concussion, you know, and could have could have had him set for these three games: Tampa, Carolina and Tennessee, and we've still been in the same position as the way things played out like they did. And I just really feel like I wish I wish Andy Reid pulled Pat Mahomes off in the playoffs. And I just really wish that he had said, nope, you know what, buddy, we're going to set you for a couple of weeks. We'll get you healthy, and we're going to see what happens uh, down the stretch. So I'll hang up with you guys. Love the show. He pulled him off for a series. Yeah, he pulled yeah. him off in that game, and then the next game he was in the AFC Championship game and got it out and won. Right, and then the second half won the, the Super game. Bowl. And right. I, I, that's what I'm saying. He was off the field well, for and, a series. And the, the other thing, too, um, the the opinion that C.J. has taken 90% of the reps. Okay, well, C.J. last week took the reps Wednesday and Thursday, and then Trevor reportedly took the reps on Friday. Okay, so not quite 90%. And then going back to the ankle injury, Trevor took the reps, I guess, on Friday. So, um, again, when you have a starting quarterback, there's a reason he's a starting quarterback. And, and I understand what people are thinking, you know, that, look, because hindsight's always perfect. That's the thing. You don't know you're going to lose four in a row. If you, you, know, if you say, hey, we're going to lose all these anyway, let's get Trevor as healthy as possible, you're not thinking we're going to lose these games. You're thinking Trevor is going to give us a chance to win a couple of these games. Right, especially when you're, you're talking about having a receiving core that's a little bit banged up, and then he makes the point, well, CJ's been throwing to those guys. Yeah, he has, but CJ has been getting the reps all year long. Right. They, 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 CJ's been the thing. getting the reps of the opponent. You don't get right. You run scout team. You're not running your the no, Jaguar you're, offense. You're in getting practice. mental reps. Me, a, right. You don't these it's not part. like training camp where these guys are getting a certain percentage of the action. So there's a reason why you've got a starting quarterback and and again hindsight is 2020 and if you, you know, could go back and maybe make a different decision there, you probably would just to, in the effort of trying to get him completely healthy. But then again, you know what? Maybe he wouldn't, you know, because would it have changed anything? I don't, I don't know that. But the one thing I think that is definitely true is that there's a, there's a chemistry issue <clears throat> with, this, with this passing game right now. And it needs to get better, and it needs to get better in a hurry, in a hurry because that's what this offense is. Its success rides on its ability to successfully pass the ball, and they better get better quick. All right. Well, uh, hopefully other teams around the league are 
struggling as well. Tony, why don't you uh, take us on a quick tour? Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Miami head coach Mike McDaniel said on Monday that wide receiver Jalen Waddell is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Cleveland, who is playing against the New York Jets on Thursday night football this week, listed Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, kicker Dustin Hopkins, all as not practicing in their estimated practice report on Monday. The Browns have also signed kicker Riley Patterson to their practice squad. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is still in the league's concussion protocol. His availability for Thursday Still unclear. Kansas City running back Isaiah Pacheco left their loss to the Raiders on Monday with a concussion and was unable to return to the game. Minnesota wide receiver Jordan Addison is considered week to week after suffering an ankle sprain this week. Hey, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, maybe invest in a chin strap. I mean, it was the second time his helmet came off and it was one of his own offensive linemen that kneed him right in the head. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if he didn't leave with a concussion... Uh, I don't know what the blue tent right, yeah. was worth, right, at that point. Uh, let's, uh, we got Belly back because Belly had very important business. He was dealing with a customer at work. We understand that that takes priority. Belly, you're back on Jaguars today. What's up? I got to cut a brother a little slack. Now I'm at work with you And guys. we just cut you some <laughs> slack, man. We just did. Uh, so what's up? What's going on with you? Hey, oh, but, but listen, before I get to that, if, I, if you would have stayed on the line, it was so fitting, right? I'm at work. And I got on a jag. I, I got on a jaguar stuff still. And the guy said, "You need to take that off." I said, "Hey, man, I'm on the phone with these guys now, man." Right you, on. You <laughs> right, like, and I get it. So the team's playing bad. That doesn't mean you have to stop being a jaguar no, fan. Don't jump off right? the bandwagon. Right? Yeah. So, all right, oh. Belly, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, but I, first off, when you guys was kind of describing the potential, because you're really speaking on potential with Trevor. Man, I felt like you guys was talking about Matt Ryan, man. I really did. I felt like you guys was talking about Matt Ryan. He had all these, all the, the tools and things of that nature. Just couldn't get it done. But I would you take a Matt Ryan career out of, out of, uh, I'll say, number 16. But my thing I wanted to speak on was you guys spoke, first off, we're not physical at all. Taylor made a difference in our offensive line. People don't want to admit it. I know he's not looking good at KC, but for us, he made a difference on that line. That I, I mean, it, you could see it. We, my Christmas yesterday, we watched every Jaguar game, and we watched the last five games of last year. Me and my partners, we just was doing. I know we ain't no coaches or nothing. We just was doing it, and you could see the difference in physicality. We could run the ball, and then you could throw. And I'm gonna leave with this: the difference in the passing game is effort. Mar- Marvin Jones ran every freaking route full speed and it made everybody else be open you look at it now you could tell if Ridley's getting the ball on certain routes because he's not even running if he's not running the wrong route he's not even running full go and that opens up for other receivers it was opening up things and I see that from what we saw from last year to this year it was obvious I'll listen to you guys off the air. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and all those good things. All right, Belly, thank you. You're hardcore when you're watching Jaguar game after all Jaguar day on game Christmas. on Christmas Day. So uh, <laughs> what about that critique of Calvin Ridley? Do you, do you agree with that assessment? He said so much. Give me a refresher. Well, uh, that that if the ball's not coming to him, he's not running his routes out or running – and that's what I took away from it. I, I think at times – they try to involve Calvin more 
to keep his mind kind of in the game. Uh, give you a perfect example of that. How many reverses and other plays have we seen Calvin get? And I think those are an effort to keep him into the game, you know, to keep him involved maybe when it's he's not necessarily involved in the passing game. Uh, this past game, that one reverse was like a loss of minus 12 or something like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of having plays to keep players involved. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of having a player be involved because he's open and that the quarterback sees him and he gets the ball. But I will say again, in this game, there were multiple opportunities in this game for Trevor to find him in the first half that he was open and he didn't find him. Right, Trevor Calvin running even, his routes, never he, even he's getting at open. Trevor's, and here's the thing, Calvin's looking back, Calvin's expecting the ball, but Trevor wasn't looking his yeah. way. You know, so uh, sometimes that happens. And there's great receivers that sometimes can go an entire half without a catch or a target. But then the second half, they have a great game. And, and here's the thing. The, the greatness of Calvin in the second half, I don't know if I'd call that greatness. And some people think, oh, man, they got should have done more of that in the, in the first half. Well, the reality is the defense was different. And why wasn't he targeted more in the first half when he was open by Trevor? I mean, that's that, you know – I think we're quick sometimes to blame Calvin, and we have been, I think, over the last couple of weeks, and some of it right, rightfully so. Like the one interception that was at home when he wasn't even looking for the ball. Right. Okay, that's on Calvin. The go route where he kind of quit on it because the defender stayed over the top, and then it got intercepted by that defender that stayed over the top because he kind of took it out of gear. Okay, that, that's warranted. But it's not always Calvin. Like this past game, there's like four balls that Trevor could have found him on, and it could have been a really nice completion in the first half and more effective. It's the chemistry. When you talk about chemistry, there's two components to make chemistry, okay? And so sometimes it's Calvin, sometimes it's Trevor, and they both need to figure it out because that's the best guy we have right now going forward. All right, one final segment to go on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Uh, we'll ask Logs what is the biggest thing that they can fix for this week, and we'll try to fire some rapid-fire uh, social media questions your way as well. On a Check the Tape Tuesday, this is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, uh, completely off topic on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hey, Mike, went to Stetson in 80 to 85. Love belly busters. Uh, Always the steak and cheese for me. Um... Well, there you go. We probably played some pickup basketball in the Edmond Center. I'm not a big meatball other. guy, by the way. No? No, I, I like well, meatballs like just plain meatballs, love, but not on a sub. I love meatball sub. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, let's get to today's 1010 Take. 1010. 1010 Take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 1010 Take. Brought to you by JM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialist. All right, on Tuesdays, we put the onus on Jeff uh, Logs. Well, give me one fixable thing, one thing you can realistically say we can improve this and should expect improvement this week against the Panthers. Fix the fixables. I mean, the things that are within your control, protecting the ball, not making errant throws, being aware of situational football, not having pre-snap penalties. Is that fixable in a week, though? I think all those things are fixable in a week. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. You know, it's the the mental, the the controllable stuff. If you're a team that's you, you're struggling physically in some areas to run the ball, to get mm-hmm. pushed, to protect whatever, and you're compounding it with these things are within your control. 
You got no chance. No chance. No chance. No, and we saw that this way. I mean, yeah. that game was quickly out of hand, and mm-hmm. there, it was a no-chancer. Um, from Cristiano on social media, does Phil Rauscher have a job next year? Yes, I think Phil Rausch is a good coach. I think we need to get him some better offensive linemen. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, is the Jaguars' locker room broken? I don't see the same hunger with the Jags fighting for the playoffs like last year. That's from Jorge. Um, I don't think it's broken, but you lose a lot of confidence when you have a four-game losing streak when the expectations are high. So it's a, it's a locker room that needs to have guidance by the head coach, and it needs to have a lot of guidance from the veteran leadership. And so now some, some of that veteran leadership – needs to come from the younger guys like a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Wilson asks, are they going to do anything about Brandon McManus? Well, the only way you do anything about a kicker in the NFL is to cut him and to replace him with somebody else. So how do you feel about his recent struggles? You need to be, you need to be bringing people in to work them out, to have a backup plan, and also you need to send a, it sends a message. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Fortner? Will they ever replace Fortner, uh, or is th- that, do they have a, an option right now that you would try? Well, right now, I mean, I would consider playing somebody else. I mean, what are those options? You got Tyler Shatley, you got Daryl Williams on practice squad, uh, but is that the thing to do right now? You know, the one thing that Fortner gives them is mobility at the center position, and they like that. Uh, his performance isn't where it needs to be, and that's probably going to be a fix for the off season. So, um, again, I think this ghost kind of answered it. What's the problem with the O-line skill or scheme? You think it's more talent level? I think it's, I think it's number one, I think it's performance. When I say, because talent sometimes is not, you know, you may have talent. But Trevor has talent, talent. Does he always perform the Performance well? isn't okay. there. So, right. I think some of it is talent. Some of it is performance. Uh, let's see from Colin. Uh, is there a reason guys who've come back from injury, cited Campbell, Cisco, and Devon Hamilton, that they look significantly worse upon return. I don't know why that is, but I can tell you that the last time prior to the Tampa game that we saw Tyson Campbell, he didn't have a very good outing. Coming back in this game, I was sitting there going, I hope he's 100% because he's getting ready to get one heck of a challenge because he's going to be facing Mike Evans. He was not ready for that challenge in this ball game. Might have been better to keep him down this past week. Um, This one, logs. I don't know if you can – help here or not from Ian Jeff how do we get the Jaguars to stop making me so sad (laughs) seems like an Ian problem um well here's the thing the pain lets you know the love is real here's the thing look at the standings okay that ought to make you not so sad because the reality is right now they're number four in the AFC okay and if that can't cheer you up I don't know what will yes well I know what will presence of the guy who just walked in the studio right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Now, Mr. Positivity himself. Let's say hello to, well, it's not XL Primetime. Let's say hello to our cohort. This is a very special it is. moment here. It is. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. So, Ryan the Hacker Green is here. Greetings, Hack. Mike, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. I got I got a lot of it out in the fifth quarter on Sunday. So a lot of the uh, aggravation. And now it's about acceptance and moving forward, which is what I'm going to try to do this week as Blue and I are in noon to three for the rest of the week. Uh, groovy. All right. So what are you guys getting into today? Yeah, obviously a lot of Jaguar talk, trying to put the pieces back together from what happened in Tampa. Um and, and look, the reality is, people don't want to hear this, but Jeff is exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, 
If you were to tell people on Labor Day four months ago, you have two games left, Carolina, Tennessee, they're awful. If you win them, you win the division. It's not a horrible spot to no, be in. No, but I do I do think that people had higher expectations this year, right? Like, you're looking at the division, and it doesn't always work out to go that way. But And even at the point that they were 8-3, and three, right? You had just beaten Houston. You got a few games of separation. You didn't think that these games would even be necessary to secure a division title, right? So, I, I, I the big picture, sure. We got a chance to win the division, but I also understand the hey, you know, sure we have a chance, and sure we're in first place. But we also lost four in a row. Let's be realistic, and I know you see that. I'm just, you know, like Jaguar fans are a mixed bag right now. Some of them want the season to be over with. I'm not in that camp. I want to make the postseason and have a chance. I mean, you look at what happened last year. If you don't have that chance, if you don't win that game against Tennessee. And the postseason doesn't go. Uh, you had one of the most memorable experiences as a Jaguar fan of all time with that Charger comeback by Jacksonville. Just give me the chance to have something great that we can end the season on a higher note than we're at now. Oh yeah, I mean, look, I mean, and and look, I'm. It's like a quicksand effect. The more you try to get out of it, it seems like the further they're sinking. Although, if you take it in totality, they're an Anton Harrison holding penalty in overtime away from beating Cincinnati. Or more than likely beating Cincinnati. Maybe. I, I don't know if we can likely say they would have scored a touchdown. Well, they were there. at the four-yard line. They would have had three chances. And, and our short yardage offense is that good, right? right? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. But, but they were four <laughs> yards away from beating Cincinnati. Right. But they might need eight runs yeah. from there. And then Cleveland, look, you turn the ball over. You let, and David and Joku fair catch two touchdowns, and you're still in the game with three minutes to go. Baltimore was 10-7 at late in the third quarter. And then I don't know what happened on Sunday. I don't have an explanation for that. So I'm trying to have a little bit of positivity here amidst a four-game losing streak. And you could argue, and Jeff, I don't know if you can think of another one, 2010 is the only thing I can come close with for a late-season collapse. Eight and five, they lost three in a row to miss the playoffs. I'm I'm just trying to figure out who are you. This is the first time he's ever looked for positivity. (laughs) Well, I I got raked over the coals on Twitter for the last two weeks. So what? So I'm trying to shed a little positivity. Maybe it's the Christmas season. I got my son a new fishing pole. Nice. So he's all about the fishing now. I know I got to get you in favor maybe to uh, give him a lesson or two. But uh, that's maybe it's the holiday cheer that I'm still experiencing. All right. I'd like to box up. It's Boxing Day in Canada where Mm -hmm. they box up things and and donate them. So uh, I'd like to box up the last month of Jaguar football. Hacker, have a good show. Have a good week. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you. There he goes, Hacker. He, look, he wore teal today. He did. Look like, at him. I, mean, I don't think this is how it goes at night. I, I see him <laughs> out there on social media. I'm trying to be positive, but they suck. Uh, you know, that's that, that, that's one of his nicer ones, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying he's wrong in many cases, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the the whole lean into the positivity thing. I'm not buying that log. Caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah. There. Uh, all right. So uh, look, they're back at it again this week. I hope they beat the Panthers. I hope most Jaguar fans hope they beat the Panthers. Whether you think they will or are likely to or not, I hope that's what you're rooting for. I still want – I mean, come on, man. What's, we haven't gotten back-to-back to the playoffs in decades. Well, and this game is against uh, our expansion brother, okay? And this game, I think, always has a little meaning just because it is the team that came in the league with you. Don't need Bryce Young beating us. No, not, not, not after the God, season that no. he's had. Uh, Logs, where are we going to catch you this week? Uh, well, we got the typical stuff. Thursday, got Happy Hour, Doug Peterson Show, Jaguars All Access TV, and then uh, Saturday Outdoor Show, and then on Sunday, home game. So uh, coverage starts at 10 o'clock for the Jaguars stuff with you and Sexton, 
and all JP of us. and the whole crew. That's right. Yep. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. You got it. All right. Uh, there you go. Check the tape Tuesday in the books. Last one for the 2023 calendar year. Uh, I'll be buying breakfast this week, by the way. Didn't escape yeah, that. Yeah, boy. That's all right. Uh, I hit. I won. That one doesn't eliminate me for the season. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was a little bit more concerned with some of those uh, losing go home situations this week. Nevertheless, I will yeah. be buying. That means D-Rock's calling in sick, I got to presume. We'll see. Haven't had to buy him breakfast yeah. all season. I'm just going to assume he's not going to be here and not get him anything. Huh. It's probably how it'll go. All right, Tony, have a good day. You too. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll try to fix it all tomorrow. Oh. Uh, Pocket, same to you. And uh, Johnny O will join us uh, in studio. Hacker and Rick Blue coming up next. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.